listening to the Grassroots Network podcast exclusively on the Pod Station. Get social at the Grassroots Network on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Today's episode of the Grassroots Network podcast, I'm joined by Eamon Bullhalfire. Eamon runs a toddler football coaching company called Footy Bees. It was really interesting to hear his story and how he got into the industry and also about his coaching experiences. For anyone who coaches younger age groups, this is a great insight into how to structure a practice, interact with younger children and also inject a little bit of fun into your sessions. So if you enjoy this podcast, please feel free to check out all the Footy Bees social media and also you can find out more information about their sessions from www.footybees.co.uk. Thank you everyone and thank you for listening. Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode of the Grassroots Network podcast. I'm joined by Eamon Buffena. I hope I've said your second uh, name right. It's Bull Hellfire. Good try. Bull Hellfire. There you go. Uh, <laughs> he runs Footy Bees, which is a toddler football group based in the Wirral. Um, and I've got him in today just to have a little chat about, about Footy Bees, about his coaching experiences and his playing career as well. So I'll start off by asking you, what was your... I mean, I know you're still playing, you're playing at a pretty decent level, but... In terms of your playing and your coaching experiences, what where did it start? How did it begin? Yeah, uh, it's quite an interesting story, really. So um, I moved over here from Tunisia at the age of nine. Uh, I struggled a little bit with uh, the language barrier thing. So I found sport and especially football, you know, a great vehicle for me to interact with other children socially. So my granddad took me to a Plymouth field, uh, joined all Port Hawks, which is still going. And since then... I've had a uh, love for football and I've been privileged to have it as a career as well. And th- and through that, you know, I got into PE, I went to university, et cetera. Playing wise, I've played for uh, the likes of Vauxhall Youth, where we, we are right now. Won a couple of trophies with them. I've played West Cheshire for the likes of West Kirby, Heswell. Uh, I spent a lot of time in the Birkenau Premier League, which is a, a great, it's an interesting league, let's just say. Uh, absolutely loved it. I was captain of Haygarth there for a few years. I uh, had some great battles, uh, was in the Cheshire Cup, some fantastic memories, we made re- you know, really close friends. Uh, and currently I play for Rill FC um, in the Welsh Leagues. Uh, I think we're unbeaten in like 22 games. The setup, is, to be honest with you, because I'm a bit older now, I think you, you appreciate the setup more. When you're a bit younger, you just sort of plaza about it. Um, you just sort of turn up with your boots, have a kick about. Uh, right now, you know, I'm coming to the end of my playing sort of amateur career. You turn up, you know, there's coaches there who are very experienced, who've won major trophies and, you know, Welsh Prems, etc. You know, you've got a first aid, uh, your kit's hung up, you've got a little stadium. The fan base are unbelievable. That's one thing I've noticed about the Welsh League. It doesn't matter if they're in a Prem or the fourth division, third division, second, first. Uh, the fan base are crazy. They'll come and travel. They'll sing songs. They'll have a pint with you after the game. They know you by name. You got the kids high five and you asking for your shirt. And this is amateur, so uh, that's the only difference, you know, from from that side of it. But I'm absolutely loving it. Uh, we won a trophy uh, last week at Colwyn Bay in the final. We had, you know, approximately six hundred something people watching. One two nil. We're favourites for the league, looking like we win it this Saturday. We could win another cup as well. So. It's just been, you know, a great time. Uh, but going forward, I'll probably, you know, hang my boots up soon and just continue with my coaching career, maybe just play locally on a Sunday. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it real then? Because I don't want to ask how old you are, but how long do you reckon you've got left still playing? 
Yeah, so I'll be 33 in June. I know I don't look it, do I? Zach? No, you don't. No, no I get that a lot. <laughs> I think it's a tan. Uh, yeah, so I've probably got, uh, at this standard on a Saturday, um, possibly my last season, or I could, I'll see how pre-season goes, maybe another season. But due to work, equi- um, commitment and, you know, Fussy Bees is really busy at mm. the moment. Um, and, you know, personally, with my personal life, I've got other things going on. So it's just really hard to play. Mm. I'm sure people listening out there who've got families and, you know, who are married and you've got other commitments on the side, it's, it gets harder and harder as you get older. When you're young, you just turn up and it's fine. But away from the pitch, it's a bit more difficult. But at the same time, to release. I think you'd appreciate it more. So I step onto a pitch and whether I've got problems with work or I've got, you know, from a mental health perspective, you sort of, you leave that all behind. You step over that white line and you're with the lads and it's, I think it's a great release. So I, don't, I think I'll carry on playing until I physically can't. Yeah. So I, hopefully if I can play till the age of like 38, even on a Sunday, that'll be brilliant for me. So, oh yeah, yeah. going to vets footy. Yeah, well, <laughs> to be honest with you, I've, you know, I've been, I've got a couple of friends in vets and by the sounds of it, it's really competitive, like, and it's yeah. good standard. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I probably will get into vets yeah. eventually. But yeah. I, they'll probably ask for my ID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, how, when you, when you moved over from um, Tunisia, Tunisia, did you play in Tunisia as well, did you? Yeah. From so, what you could probably remember. Yeah. So uh, I played with my older brother, Abby. Um if you could describe us as Premier League players, he was more Colo Torre, I was more Yaya Torre sort of thing. Uh, so he was four years older. So I, I just, we literally played every day, whether it was on a beach or on the streets. Uh, didn't have the privilege of wearing boots like, but uh, so I think it got me stronger as a player. And I, that's probably why I like to get stuck in a little bit now. Uh, he was a great player, but unfortunately, due to a couple of injuries and niggles, he stopped playing and he went towards, uh, he's a black belt in Taekwondo and Karate. So he went towards that and, he was scrapping on a pitch at times anyway, so I think it was a good thing. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was great. You know, I really enjoyed it as a kid. And, you know, even in Tunisia, I had the love love of football and watched the, tried to watch the Premier League there. And they had their own league as well. So yeah, it was great. Mm. When when did your coaching sort of start then? When did you start getting into it and realise that, you know, you were probably really good at it? Because I've seen you coach yeah. and absolutely fantastic in terms of your, your inclusion with the kids, how you how you speak to the kids, how you get them involved. I mean, even even from a senior point of view, being involved in Sunday League games as well, there's such a difference. But when did the coaching journey start? Yeah, I think I've always had, I've always been intrigued by the coaching, even as as a player. I think it started um, as a kid during training. You know, I was really interested in that side of things and how, why has he done that and why has he done that? I was always the kid who questioned it. Probably a little bit annoying to the coach looking back. Uh, but I started at college as a world met doing uh, sports and exercise science. I think one of the modules was coaching. I just turned 16. Um, I did the session and I felt really comfortable. I felt like, you know, it was a bit of a breeze. Uh, not to blow my own trumpet, you know, I excel compared to some of the other um, students. Uh, and through that, I ended up, you know, getting a couple of coaching roles and progressed to university and, you know, went on to different roles. So, yeah, that's where it started. Yeah. What was your first sort of coaching role then? Uh, my first coaching role was for a, um, I did a little bit of university. I went to a company called Challenger Sports uh, in the summer, in one of the summers at uni. And um, I coached football there. From That was from toddler classes all the way to 18. So it was like a summer thing. Mm. Uh, you stayed with a different family every week. Really, oh, such was a, that in the States, was it? Yeah, in yeah. America, yeah. It's such a... 
from a from a growth point of view, I'd I'd recommend to anyone who's you know is quite young, eighteen, nineteen. Uh, it just it develops you so much. You know, you, I, I felt like a different person when I come back. I did that as well in uh, two thousand nine, two thousand and ten. Uh, I went back two thousand twelve, did a nine month contract with a different company, uh, and it was really interesting to see how they coach. I also coached for a co- company years ago, uh, HQ Coaching, um, and I learned quite a lot because I just literally. Now, I think some of the coaches now get a bit too much attention at times. Um, back then, you just get given a ball. Probably you're the same. A bag of balls, some cones. You're in a school all and day. And off you go. Off you go. <laughs> sort of thrown in the deep end, sink or swim moment. And I think uh, I just excelled at that. And through that, I got various roles. I went to another company called Premier Sports. Uh, I took a management role there. Really enjoyed that. I was in different schools. Um you know, I, I did lots of quality assurance. So at that point, I was looking at other staff, progressing them as well, um, making sure, you know, they were developing the the coaching style, the way the school relations was a big thing, um, how you taught different age groups, whether key stage one, two or three, uh, is really important. Then I moved on to, uh, I got an area manager role at Little Sports Coach in LSC. They branched out to Merseyside. I sort of took that role on five years. Uh, that was a blank canvas. So I literally had one school in Kirby. Um, I had no office. I used to go to like McDonald's and Starbucks just for the <laughs> Wi-Fi. So that was interesting. Uh, by the time I left, I think we had around uh, 22 schools, uh, two soccer schools, which were thriving. That's toddlers from 18 months to 11 years old. Uh, we also had two holiday courses, which were successful. Um, we had uh, FC Sports, which was um, a junior football club which took part in, I think, Mossley Hill Leagues over there. Yeah, was that with Daniel Gavin? Uh, yeah, Daniel was about yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I worked for I worked for them for a little bit when we lived over in Liverpool. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. worked with a lad called Sean, and we used to do out of, is it, Childer, Childer, on the five ways roundabout. We used to do little sessions for exactly the same. It was like five and six-year-olds, and obviously that must have progressed them into, yeah. into teams and stuff. Yeah, into yeah. teams, yeah. Um, so yeah, with that role, uh, obviously that was more of a leadership thing. Um, so I learned uh, through the CEO uh, of LSC, uh, Craig Brennan. He was he was really good as a mentor. He, you know, he shaped me. I was really good as the school relations with people. He was really good from a business perspective. So he, you know, there's a reason why we do this. There's a reason why we do that. Uh, like any CEO, you know, he had different visions, and I did. Um, so uh, I decided to leave that role. Uh, and a dream of mine has always been to sort of set up my own thing. And due to COVID, it sort of happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was going to be my next question. Did When you were in these couple of roles, did you always feel like you were meant to run something yourself? And why toddlers as well? Because toddlers, for me, when we started doing our fours and fives and sixes with Bromber and Eastham, I was out of my depth. Have you always just been kind of at ease with that age group and able to to be confident with that age group and what are the skills that are sort of needed for, for that age group? Because it can be quite difficult. Yeah, yeah. So when I had the LSE role, I did, you know, uh, I did get promised sort of part ownership and and um, and profit shares and, you know, a lot of these businesses do. Uh, in, in the end, it didn't materialize, materialize really. Um, however, I've always had this idea. So this started from probably 2009. I saw the way the Americans did it. And then in 2012, I worked for a company called US Sports Institute, where we were in New Jersey, New York, and the way they went about it was superb. Like they did different topics of sports. Uh, the Americans absolutely absolutely loved it. They got a kit, 
and it, the buzz off it was like electric and they were coming week in week out and i'm thinking why isn't this happening in england you know there's one or two companies but you know it should be more it was an, it was the norm over there so uh i got together i was looking to do it on my own and then uh, a friend of mine who worked with me at premier sports and he was my assistant manager uh at lsc called mike harper me and him have always excelled with the little ones with the toddlers and i told him this idea i don't think he was fond of the b idea uh you know bees are very important in in the world anyway that was sort of my thing when i was teaching i was called mr b which is my long last yeah. name as you could tell before you couldn't say it um <laughs> uh, and you know fussy bees is, is you know it's it's and yellow the marketing aspect of things i think it's really powerful he didn't really like that idea, but we come together and we come up with all these ideas. We decided to go ahead with it. And I think if it wasn't for COVID, I probably would have delayed it. Due to COVID, we sort of put all our ideas together and we thought we'd launch it after COVID if it ever happens. Obviously, there's a couple of delays because uh, yeah. of that. But like, just going back to your question about why is it, I, I think that's the reason why I've launched it is sort of the other side of it, how I'm looking at it. Um, because you could get a UA for a coach you throw them in loads of three-year-olds and they might look like the worst coach in the world. Mm. I think it's an art in itself. Uh, for the, the biggest thing about it is the coaches. You need to find the right coaches to d- deliver that age group. And uh, you can tell it's well, you'd also do a Cruyff turn. That's fine. You know, you can t- say it. However, with these little ones, you've got to have a personality. They absolutely bounce off your energy. You've got to have a plan, not plan B, plan C, D, because you could have the best session in the world However, they're not, they might not be in a mood, a couple of them crying. You need to get them back and engage. And, uh, you know, you might, your session plan might go outside the window. Uh, you need to interact with parents in the right manner. Um, you need to be a bit silly, you know, at times you've got to act like a monkey or, you mm. know, you've got, you've got to pretend you're Woody from Toy Story or, along them lines. And that's what, what I, we've done at 40 Bs is we've sort of, it's cross curricular. So a lot of our coaches don't just, aren't just level one trained who are 18. These are, these coaches are very experienced. They come from a PE background, yeah. Uh, yeah. education background. Mm. They've taught these little ones, you know, for years. And I'll put my hand up. There's, you know, the the baby bees with eighteen months to two point two and a half. It is difficult, and some of it is free play. It's some of it is guided learning. But what we do is we have these topics every week. So we have animals, colors, numbers, our planet, uh, story time, healthy food. With these topics, it sort of brings it to life. And as they come in, we got, you know, the A-boards out, we got the yellow cones out, we got the roll-up banner out. Sometimes we'll bring our, our mascot, Bobby the Bee. I mean, he's a six-foot bee, so some kids might be scared of him, but most of them like him. Please tell me it's Ben Scott. <laughs> uh, do you know what? <laughs> I'm absolutely gutted. We did a birthday party the other week, and uh, he's too big for it. He's, oh, six, he's six foot three, so I think he can only reach, like, six foot one. So I had to get in it. Uh as an owner and, you know, show them how it's done sort of thing, high five the kids. So from a visual point of view, because a lot of the kids are uh, visual learners, kinesthetic learners, you know, they've got to do things, they've got to see it. Um, so from that point of view, with all the cones are out in different colours, we use different types of equipments. Uh, we do, for example, with the mini bees, at the end we don't play matches. We, we'll do a little obstacle course where they go through the tunnel, they jump over a head or they throw something in the hoop, score a goal. So we do... It's it's basically learning through play. How looking back, even from a player, some of the best sessions I I took part in as a as a player, whether it was a at a good standard or whether as a child, I was enjoying myself. I yeah. was absolutely loving it. You know, having a bit of a laugh. 
So that's how I do it. Do that's how we do all our sessions. We make sure that you know the kids are having a great time and learning. But we'll throw things in. Right when we're dribbling round now, um, look out for the lion. Keep your head up. If the lion comes, put your foot on the ball and freeze. Or or it might be right this time we've put out the fire because we're being fireman Sam. It's story time. We've kicked the ball. It's hit the fire. This time, can we use our other foot, the one we don't like, weaker foot? Can we take a step back? So they're, they're getting coaching points, but they're probably not realising. So you no, sort because of, it's been given in such an interactive way. Yeah, in yeah. A way that's enjoyable. Yeah, and you just have to be clever. Transitions, I think some coaches don't realise the importance of transitions. Now, these sessions are 45 minutes. I've watched some superb coaches. They take five to six minutes to set up a session. It's like, what are you doing? The kids are standing around. They start getting whingy, et cetera. You literally do one activity. So if I'm doing animals, for example, and I, I, you know, I'm doing an activity where my trip to the zoo and we're going to different animals, I will have the next progression in my hand ready. And sometimes I don't even stop the kids. I'll say, right, we've done that this time. Can we throw it in the goal, go in the middle, score a goal? You know, you just constantly progression and you need to be one step ahead. Uh, you basically need to be literally on your toes with the little ones. Uh, interactive. The sessions aren't very long, but yeah. So the biggest thing for me is learning through learning through play is is vital. Uh, making it as interesting as possible. So uh, using getting the kids to use their imagination, um, and make making it sort of a social aspect as well. Uh, getting to know the coaches. Now I go to a, I'll go to a session. We got a. Uh, our first venue was Foxfield with Ben, you mentioned before. Um, I've got my friends taking their kids. And I'll be honest with you, they, they don't even like me anymore. They're like, oh, where's Ben? <laughs> they want coach Where's Ben? ben? And yeah. do you know what? Football, you realise after a while, isn't even top of the list. They say, let's go and see Coach Ben. Let's go to Footy Bees. Oh, this week we're doing um, we're, we're doing story time that you, Coach Ben told us we're going to do a Toy Story game. And and football will be after it. Oh, I scored a goal today and that'll be further down the line. And at that age, that's what it should be. Do you know what I mean? And that's how you keep them interactive. So it's inclusive. It's not just for the bo- for the boys, you know, who can top in it with the left foot. It's for the girl who who wants to come as a princess one week instead of the footy kit. It's for someone who's who might have ADHD or autism, but we treat that in the right way. So we we've had kids who, you know, who are who haven't been diagnosed but are autistic. But due to the coaches working in the school environment, they'll highlight that really early. Yeah, and, and you'll say to deal with it, aren't they? Yeah, say Joe Bloggs, Joe, come come with sit with me. Do you mind putting them in colours for me? What game do you like? What do you like out of uh, out of Forty B? I love dinosaurs. Right, next week we're doing animals. What we can do? One of the games we'll do dinosaurs. And that kid that week, if he's having a bad week, he might just join in fifteen minutes. Yeah. The parents will be absolutely thrilled. So you just gotta treat each child differently. But at the same time, don't exclude them. Make sure they're part of the session. So that's really important. Yeah. 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 I mean, we were. I was going to ask you about about what Footy Bees is. So we'll go into a little bit more detail. You've talked about your coaching structure and how you do things. So solely your age groups, what you kind of do for them age groups, and what kind of outcomes do you want from your sessions? Do you want these kids to progress into into football and grassroots and? Yeah, so uh, just the age groups. So it is 18 months to five years. Uh, that's our age group. So as soon as they turn six, they will move on to... Uh, so we're going to signpost them to the likes of yourselves, junior clubs, etc. So it's using it as a platform. So the age groups is 18 months to five. Uh, the three age groups we've got is Baby Bees, the first class, which is probably 
the hardest, but at the same time, can't be the most rewarding. It's the most rewarding. It yeah. is really good. I mean, getting an eighteen-month child to do anything is is unbelievable. But when you're getting them to follow instructions for forty-five minutes, I think it's a miracle. So that's uh, baby bees, eighteen months to two point five. The next age group is mini bees, which is two point five to three point five. Then uh, our biggest age group is the baller bees, which is three point five to five and 11 months so just before the six and that's a little bit more advanced so if you look at the baby bees they all have my milestones so i'm showing zach right now our sticker chart <laughs> so uh, on our sticker chart um they have different milestones if you look at baby bees we've got you know they've got to achieve gross motor skills uh, demonstrate various movements enjoy scoring goals something really simple but they have to display that before they move on um display independence listen and understand to others that's the baby bees I won't go through them all, obviously, uh, but compared to the baller bees, which will be a little bit more advanced, you look at, you know, learn numeracy and literacy. So when we're doing numbers, can they count? Can they take away? Can they times? Uh, we'll show them visual aids with this. So we might have Bobby, uh, you know, six Bobbies plus four Bobbies. We'll get Bobby's bag out. So it's a bag full of tricks, really, uh, with Q&As. Teamwork, skills and tricks, can you use the left and right, fine mode skills. So that's the other spectrum of, uh, of things. Uh, so that's really important from my side after working in primary schools and especially working with early years because uh, I've done quite a lot of PE in early years as well and looking at the curriculum and what they should be achieving at a certain age, we try to incorporate that but also add some other things that link more to uh, uh, sport really. Um, but yeah, um, we also have three goals um, as, as, a, as a business, which is be active, so hence the B. Uh, so we want all children to be physically active during a session. Uh, one one of them to be be creative. So sometimes you'll see, even in a school environment, to be honest with you, like teachers holding kids back when they're yeah. when they're, you know being creative. You know, I see it in the playground with lunchtime uh, supervisors. You know, some kids they're playing a fun game, they're not hurting anyone, and they're stopping them from doing it. You like just let them be. Let them be free, you know what I mean? They're yeah. enjoying themselves, they're being themselves. And then just be yourself. Again, we've all got unique personalities. And I think that's why when I sit down with a coach I want to hire, uh, they could have the best CVs in the world. And I'm sure you've had this as well, Zach. Uh, but they might have the personality of a banana. So having that personality, having a, you know that twinkle in their eye, the, the enthusiasm, you, you can't buy that. And yeah. that's really important. And we go with that for the kids. We want them to be themselves. We want them to show their unique personality. We had a kid dressed as Elsa for the whole session the other day. We've got a kid that sometimes comes with a cape on. Just Absolutely. be yourself. Yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, so that's really important for us regarding, you know, the three age groups. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. So when the kids go through, how do, do they respond quite well to the to the chart? Do they, do they enjoy it? Is it something that they look forward to? Because... I'm just interested to understand that at such a young age, goal setting and obviously seeing your milestones. I mean, as parents, parents probably do it a lot anyway, but we take it as pride. So would you say it's more for the player or more for the parents? Uh, I'd say regarding the sticker chart. So at the end of each session, they'll get one sticker. With that one sticker, they'll add it on. So week one, week two, and so forth. When they reach week 10, week 20, these are the milestones uh, so week 10, they get a bottle. Week 20, they might get a medal. The kids know about that because it's a prize. Yeah, of course they do. After yeah. 10, yeah. they get a prize. So it's their ownership, really. With a baby, you're obviously... Uh, so how we do it with a baby, and this is how we get information across. During a session with a baby, the parents are joining in. So if you're doing an activity, 
his parents are joining in. You're sort of telling the parents, they'll tell the kids, some baby when he reached 2.5 or more engaged, but that's how we run a session. Mm. And that's how we get the information across. Parallel to that, mini bees, it's more half and half. So we'll do an activity. We'll tell them information, but at the same time, we might mention it to the parents. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like parents, if you want to just give them a hand with this one, because it's a bit tricky, then you can't. And that's the same with the information. Baller bees, we want that independence. We're telling them. You need to show a bit of independence, actually. Um, tell your parents when you reach week nine. Tell your coach what should be next. Yeah, coach, they should be coming up to us to get that 10 sticker. But regarding the milestones, it's more from our perspective, the milestones. But with the stickers, even the Easter stickers or birthday stickers, they will tell you. So they'll see on it because they have the sticker charts, which is really good, which is feel that you can't yeah, really it's quality, rip it. isn't it? It's like yeah. a poster, isn't it? Yeah, so you can't, well, I say you can't rip it. So they put it on their wall. When he reached 50, that's the, you know, the huge milestone. You get a big, massive trophy, big celebration. Uh, but the idea is just fill it all up. And at the same time, they're developing, you know, and they're developing all sorts, you know, the physical side of things, uh, emotional, uh, the social side of things, uh, the cogn- cognitive developments, you know, looking at COVID as well, kids' mental health is sort of... It's in the toilet, isn't it? Because a lot of them haven't had that chance to be active and be out doing stuff. So that has a massive impact on it. Yeah, well, I've got friends. I'm at that age. Well, a lot of my friends have got toddlers. I mean, some of them, this is the first experience they've got, which is within a club. You know, they're, they're just coming up to two years old and well, their life is totally different, you know, and I, I feel sorry for them, to be honest with you. Uh, and due to the way society is at the moment, kids don't go out and play as much. No, they you don't. Know? And I sound like probably a bit older than my age but you know I went out all day and played and my mum didn't worry about me even at the age of whatever 10 or whatever and I used to go home when the, when the lampposts come on yeah uh, yeah. and some of these kids aren't getting that and even at a young age they're on the tablets a lot uh, and we want to get them as, as active as possible because you know this is some of them aren't engaged at first I just it's, I'm, I'm making it out to say this is very easy being with tots, tots toddlers, uh, early years is difficult. We've got we've had kids that will sit on the side for two weeks crying, and I always encourage the parents. You know what? Because the first one's free anyway. Just give it a couple more weeks. See what. Yeah. See how he gets on. See how she gets on. Yeah. And then you'll find out by week six. This kid is flying through the door, not even saying hello to his parents, not even looking at them, picking up the ball from the hoop, going, scoring goals, speaking to the coach, and. You know, the ride in there. Yeah, your first biggest obstacle is getting the child to the session. Once they're at the session, they see footballs. We've done it a couple of times on our very first session of four, four or five-year-olds. You get some that come up and they're shy. And as a coach, all you need to do is go up to them and show them the football and go, okay, you don't have to join in the session. Join in the session when you're ready. But please just kick a ball inside with your mum and dad. Yeah. Not a problem. Go for it. And then I'll tell you what, in five minutes later, I'll come and check in with you. And if you like what you see, coming in and joining, that is the biggest barrier. A lot of parents, I mean, my daughter's, she's three, and I'm probably going to start her pretty soon because for what I do, she's always been on a pitch with a football. Mm. She's three years old and she can dribble a ball better than me. And that's, yeah, it's that's, it's, well, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely madness. Yeah. And I'm at the point now where I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to have to get her in here. But if she doesn't like it, if she doesn't like it after a certain amount of time, then fair enough, she doesn't yeah, come. Yeah, sometimes but that I'm first already, obstacle yeah. is getting them to the session. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. And you, you'll see, you know, once they've got the kits on and, you know, once they get on with some of the other kids and 
actually, you, it might be something as small as we're doing a topic and it's landed on something they absolutely love. Do you know what I mean? It might be to yeah. do with colours and this child's obsessed with colours and that's the week we're doing it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Get it, get it down. Yeah, well, yeah, I think we are. I think we are before because she's got she's got another year or two before she starts coming to one of our sessions with B and E. So that'll be that'll be quite interesting. I mean, we've talked about it and touched on it, but what's the main difference? So for like you said, for babies and probably up to four year olds, what's that main difference in coaching? Because you said sometimes you just have to be that clown. And when, when I've described it to people, when I first went in, I'm, I'm a UEFA B licensed coach. Mm. Now my business partner at the time, Lachlan, he'd worked out in the States, he'd done all this and he had massive experience with them. Honest to God, I turned up similar to what you said before. I turned up with a session plan thinking, oh, this is great. This tried to get the kids to do it. And it just fell on its bum after about five minutes. Yeah. And I'm stood there looking at him and he's just laughing his head off. Yeah. And I'm going, oh my God goodness i'm gonna have to with that now fast forward six months later you understand that you can be a clown and put the technical sort of smaller aspects of football in but for someone with like you with so much experience what is that main difference like we've got a lot of coaches now we were taking on under sixes and sevens teams at bromborough and Eastham. yeah yeah and we're trying to give them advice so i mean i've helped out with that yeah the yeah num- you have the yeah. numbers are great to be honest with you mm. and you know that, yeah, hats off to you you know you're getting all these kids from the local community to turn up to a field and get on with the session and, and it's fantastic the numbers are, you know are through the roof but just going back to your question what's the difference coaching the toddlers i just go back again it comes down to the coach's mindset and energy and um, the way they approach things you literally you can't turn up five minutes before a session for for a tot session it comes through your preparation um, you know, fail to prepare, prepare to fail. If you're going to turn up two minutes before the session thinking you're going to blag it, you can't get away with it at this age. Uh, so it comes down to your mindset, your energy. Children are very, at that age, you'll see them, they're like, right, how can I wear this? So if I go to a wedding, I'm a bit of a clown. I'll be chatting to some of the kids and like they'll, they'll be high-fiving me and all this. And all like some of my family go like, oh, it's aiming again doing that. But they can see things that we can't see. They can see that you're really good with kids and it's 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 an art of theirs. So I'd say it comes down to your, your preparation is massive for me. Your mindset, the way you're seeing things, um, your energy, and you just need to sort of, your transparency as well, you need to sort of let go. Some coaches will approach a session and you can see that a bit like shy and I get what they're saying. They don't want to act like a monkey. They don't want to do this. They don't want to do that. But if you let go a little bit and let let's, let some of these kids in, then you're going to get a lot more from them. If you, I've seen some of them bark orders like a drill sergeant and it does not work. So that's why you've got to be very particular. And if you are hiring younger, you know, for anyone who's, who's running a tot session, whoever's listening, you need to look at the coaches and it comes down to the personality. It comes down to the, their attitude and, you know, their interaction within the children. If you're going to get someone who's quite lethargic, who's can be a little bit negative and uh, they're not going to excel. They might be all right with 12 year olds. You know, they might have a bit of banter with the 12 year old. And I see that, you know, they've got more of a crack with the 12 year olds. I mean, I've done some of your holiday courses 
And there's one or two coaches who are amazing with the older ones, you know what I mean? That really struggle with the younger ones. You, you have to speak to them in a different way. And the best thing to do that, if you can get coaches who've got a bit of education background, even as a TA maybe with early years or, you know, PE. So what we do is we'll have a head coach at Fulty Bees, but the assistant is never like the head coach. It's very rare. So I'll have a head coach who's, who's like fire, a bit like me looking at uh, psychologically, you know, you've got earth, wind, fire, water, I think uh, it's yeah. like a psychological test. You'll get like some me, Mike, Ben, who are very sort of loud and your face jokey. But then the assistants, I'll always try and get, you know, you know, I'm not being sexist, sometimes a female uh, who's more of an introvert, who who's some of the other kids might, you know, speak to because they don't want to speak to the likes of me and Mike. So you need to get that right right balance, who's engaged with the children. So yeah, it just comes down to the coaches. They need to have a real love for what they're doing as well. Yeah. So I mean, talking from my experience, it took me, it took me a good six months to a year to adjust. And what you've just said there about letting it go, that took me a while that because I was not adamant, but I was very sort of insistent on, right, we're going to make these technical sessions. And when you realise a kid can't, okay, they can do the basics, toe taps, penguin walks and stuff like that. But when you realise they can't turn with like the outside of the foot because the motor skills and the fine yeah, yeah. fine things aren't there, yeah, you've kind of just got to look at it and go, right, okay, how do I adjust? How do I, how do I make something more enjoyable where, okay, we play wacky races now. Mm-hmm. Everyone has to go and dribble round the cone three times and try to use the outside of the foot. It's just building that progression slowly, but yet putting that fun twist on it. And again, for anyone who's who's taken younger age groups, keep the fun, keep it so it's engaging and you find in different ways, like the likes of colours, animals, dinosaurs, pirates. We like giants and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's so interesting because when you link it back to when they're having fun, you get the maximum benefit out of it. And then selfishly, like, so our under sixes from last year, they're playing games now. So every now and again in between our sessions, we'll go and watch them on the five-side pitches at South Whittle. Yeah, yeah. And to see some of the kids doing some of the stuff that we were doing in the sessions, it's unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. Like even just simple, it's, it's rewarding as a coach. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think just touching on that as well, you need to start them early because when you get to these clubs or even to a holiday course, you know, it's quite overwhelming. So if they've already had that experience of being in that environment, you know, they're, they're, they're a step ahead as well. Um, and then just going about the sessions as well. And I used to do this as well. I'll be honest with you when I was younger. Um, I think sometimes <coughs> when you've got a plan in your, in your head, you're scared to change it because yeah. you are you have prepared that session. But if you've got that plan in your head, be don't be scared to change it back. And sometimes you'll have two or three activities. You go to activities. Like I've got two or three in my yeah. head right now. And I think, do you know what? If it goes terrible, um, let's, for example, there's there's a silly game during Story Week. If I've got that topic of Fussy Bees, we'll play Toy Story. And it's a dead simple aspect. You've probably played it a million times. And all the kids do, get a ball. Andy's asleep on one side. They dribble it really slowly. If Andy wakes up, they put the foot on the ball or mm. fall to the floor like a toy. Yeah. And that's all it is. And because they love it and they're giggling their heads off, then, you know, I go back to it. And then you can carry on with your session. So don't be scared to have a plan B, C, D, like I mentioned before. Uh, and that's what you need at this age group. You really do. Mm. So when they've gone through, I mean, how how do you see it in the future? Because obviously you're expanding, you, you're, you're adding different venues. 
would you want to link up with local clubs within that area or would because obviously you can't have a kid traveling from like Wallsley to Bromborough. Yeah. So would you want that connection with local clubs in the area to say, look, we've got a pool of children here. We're looking to continue football. Can we, can we progress them into that way? Yeah. So um, we're quite new, although the idea has been here for, for years. So we want to get the foundations right first. Um, but the idea is to link up with, I think some people are scared to link up with other coaching companies, if I'm totally honest with you. Yeah. Um, I've got friends. I've got a friend in Liverpool, uh, Neil Hume, you run to Platinum Dance and Sports. Top lad. I always speak to him. Um, you know, I've got yourself. I'm not scared to speak to him. I, I used to go into schools. If there was another company, I'd go up and speak to him. I think this, that rivalry, should, you know, should evaporate. It, you know, There seems to be a bit of jealousy. I mean, we've got it here where at Vauxhalls, we have about five or six different football camps going off at the same time. We have Andy from Shooting Boots here, and I love Andy to bits, and I love yeah. what they do. Yeah. For me, I've always thought... I think I can't remember how much it was, but I think there was like eight thousand children registered to the Brom uh, to the Eastern Junior and District League. If you can't attract the hundred of them kids because your coaching is quality and whatever, you don't need to bring other companies down and slate what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. like I'm hoping I'm hoping to get Danny Holmes from EPD on here and talk yeah. to him about what he does yeah, and how good. he does things. Yeah, he's a good lad, Danny. No, no insecurities or whatever, because yeah. if your company is doing what it's supposed to be doing, it's doing it the right way. Yeah, you're gonna attract. Uh, probably not nice to say but you're going to attract customers you're going to get players in regardless of, regardless, of, of yeah, how you do yeah. and I think if you work together you know sometimes you benefit everyone you, you benefit you? sometimes you know a child might we've got coaching companies actually at Foxfield at the same venue on a Sunday and hats off to them there was something up at the hall at the Foxfield he messaged us and said just to let you know it's a little bit slippy at Foxfield just make sure you know oh, this was a Friday night make sure tomorrow that it's alright and, you know, you didn't have to do that. And it just shows, hopefully there's a change in the water. But I, I'd like I'd like to see when they've turned six or 40 bees, they can go to Peninsula or Eastern and Bromborough. They can go to Peninsula Holiday Courses. They can go to Eastern and Bromborough. And I'll go, here's the details, bang. If we're in Wallace Seat venue, I'd like to go, okay, um, here's Greenleys who train under the same venue. Yeah. Uh, I just haven't had a chance to speak. So anyone from Greenleys, let me know. Yeah. Uh, contact 40 bees. <laughs> Uh, you know, and, and so forth. Uh, you know, we're moving to, uh, I've got no contacts in Foxfield. We're going to Heswell, hopefully, Chestels, Meport. So that, we are, that's, that's, we, we don't want to just stop at Footy Bees. We want, you know, to, to signpost them elsewhere, really. And then the bigger picture for Footy Bees will be to go into franchising in the future. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, well, I've seen that recently. Have you seen the Fun Factory? Who's Luke Chad? Is it Luke Chadwick? Yeah, where he's him. in centre parks now, isn't he? Delivering football sessions there and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I when I spoke to you, um, when we were we were at a christening and stuff, like you were talking about the other different elements. I don't know if you want to touch on that. Yeah, but, so yeah. so forty bees is really just um, it's a branch of a big tree, really. So I've had I've had numerous ideas over the years. So the company is Sporty Bees Limited, and one of the branches is Fussy Bees. We do want to eventually go into sort of a boogie bees, which is gymnastics and dance. You know, basketball bees. Um, I've got a friend at Cheshire Phoenix, which is an early years basketball session. Uh, we've got Sporty Bees, which is, will be more of a PE early years sort of uh, sessions specialist program. But that's further down the line. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but the branding's really strong. We've got everything ready there. It's just you've got to do it all at the right time. Uh, I'm not the type of guy or type of person to move on too quickly. I'd rather get the formula right, you know, whether it is small for now, 
and then you can progress after that. But with, in regards to Footy Bees as a programme, we we are looking to franchise it and hopefully, you know, the likes of Diddy Kicks are all over England now uh, and uh, there's other other companies out there as well. Yeah, I think yeah. the general idea of, of, of the bee and the colours and the branding and the marketing, I think that's really important. I think um, it can be quite a general and broad spectrum of what you offer. And like you said, Diddy Kicks and footy tots and footy cubs and stuff like that. Yeah. I see it in, in terms of the business side of it is it seems to be a different company popping up every now and again. Mm. It can be quite a saturated market, but something that's just popped into my head is what, what makes you different then? What makes you guys different, which might bring people into you guys? Yeah. Again, I probably sound like I'm repeating myself. I think uh, it's just, we're very fussy about who we let uh, coach. So it just comes down to the coaches, uh, the quality of the coach. I'm not saying some of the coaches in other businesses aren't as good, uh, but the feedback we've had in a sh- such a short space of time is how brilliant our coaches are. And we've put all this effort into marketing. We put all this effort into buying a six foot B into the branding, into you know designs, into website, into changing to class for kids as a booking system, doing this, uh, doing our social media. And the best thing we get is, oh my God, my kids absolutely love the session with Coach Ben. And that's the bread and butter. That's what it comes down to. And I'm not, I, I wouldn't never come on here and slag off other companies. But the thing they say the most is how amazing you are with the kids. And I think in a nutshell, yeah. that's that's the difference. We won't hire anyone who isn't fit to, to run a session, basically how mm-hmm. we want it to run. And you get training, you get a weekly session plan. So we're literally spoon feeding them at times. Yeah. They get all the resources and tools they need. You know, the cones, the balls, the, 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 the parachutes, all this. Um, they get the training. They get the uniform. The pay is probably the best out there. If you want to talk about, you know, the pay aspect of things. Mm. I mean, even an assistant coach, you're helping set up. You're high-fiving kids and you're getting paid at the age of 18 of, yeah. you know, quite good money. Yeah it's a brilliant life if, if you enjoy footy coaching as well it's it's doing what you love you're oh. not stood in a restaurant kitchen taking uh, exactly. plates out and stuff like that exactly you, you're playing footy you're being active you're out in the sun it's amazing yeah, yeah. Um, and and you know from from that side of things um so get doing that as well if you if you if you're only starting at 18, it's a good way of starting to coach as well because you sort of you're getting a blank canvas it's like trying to teach someone to you know to ride a horse who've been riding for years they've already got the habits do you know what i mean but when they're coaching and they're a blank canvas they're starting with the youngsters if they're starting with under 14s then the youngsters they're going to struggle more they get the basics right with the youngsters they can progress to others Mm. and that comes to the coaches we're not just here to some coach might stay with us for a year that's fine move on i think some people get like upset when coaches leave and stuff like that (laughs) i actually want to want to see the coaches do well even in my previous companies like I was never, I never got the ump if someone moved on to teaching or someone set up their own company, if someone did that, I'm actually happy. It's if they go and do a job that they're not passionate about, maybe I might say something, uh, but yeah. Yeah, I think, I think so. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think we've covered everything we wanted to cover and I think it was really good. So for, for anyone looking at joining, who's got tots, they got uh, over, was it one point? 
18 months, is it? So it's 18 months yeah. to five-year-olds. Um, yeah. You can contact us or book a free trial. So every session, the first session, I think it's really important for it to be free. Uh, you know, they, they might not like it straight away. So we've had some kids sign up and they're 18 months and they've come back, you know, a year later because they, they, they didn't want to come. They weren't ready. So the, the first one's totally free. You can contact us. We've got Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Just look for at Fussy Bees. Uh, how we book is through class for kids which is i'm sure you've seen it all over it's really easy format it's as simple as possible you should book a trial when they sign up they get a, a one-off membership fee with that they get a kit which i've shown zach today it's like a bespoke kit yellow yeah. uh with socks as well a sticker chart um membership uh and then you pay like a monthly fee as well uh but you know like the payments is the last thing if you want more information we do have websites as well which is fussybees.co.uk uh, but yeah, enjoyed that. Yeah, I think it's on. really good. Thank you very much for coming on, mate. And hopefully, hopefully this gives you a little bit of exposure. We can we can show people the benefits of yes, getting your kids into football early, but for the social and the the physical elements of getting your kid active, getting them into group settings where they can be with other kids and play and laugh and and do it all through football. It's even better. So yeah, thank you very yeah, much, Eamon. Just before he goes, I just want to say you know, at Peninsula as well, you've done an amazing job. Uh, you know, I know how hard it is, and you know I've I've been to see some of the sessions, and especially the holiday courses and extra. It's, it's been amazing, and that's why I've recommended coaches to yourself. Yeah, uh, I would never do that. So mm, well done, brilliant. Really Thank you very it. much, Eamon. I really appreciate that, mate. Thank you. Thank you. Get social at the Grassroots Network on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.